Hi, everybody. Welcome to A Pretty Good Day, the show about the dress days of our lives. I'm your host, Jared Petty. I'm joined today by a delightful friend. Hi. Hi. Who are you? I'm Gion. You are Gion. Gion Cruz, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, Gion Cruz, uh, here from the San Francisco Bay Area by way of... By way of Virginia. By way of Virginia, yeah. originally. Whereabouts in Virginia? Uh, Northern Virginia. So we're talking Centerville, Fairfax area. Uh, my grandparents used to live in Centerville, really? and I lived in Arlington. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I also lived in Arlington for a bit. Really? Where'd you live in Arlington? Um, do you know what, sh- is it called Sherlington or Sherlington yeah, Circle? Yeah, Sherlington, yeah. I, I lived like one minute away from that. Like okay. I was I was in an apartment building around Sherlington. I, I, lived in, uh, I lived in Arlington Forest, not far from there. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I had no idea. <laughs> Look here. Fun with geography with Jared and Guion. That's right. Uh, but yeah, it was a long time ago. I was a kid there. Oh, cool. But I have Sherlington's, right? I think I remember that correct. Yeah, I think How old were you? Uh, well, I was, I think, 25 when I was living there. Okay. And then, like, Sherlington Plaza was, like, blossoming into, a like, a thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Fancy restaurants and all that what stuff. What were you doing in D.C.? Um, I was working, so straight out of college, I was working for AOL, and then I was also freelancing, and so that just led me to certain tech jobs all around Virginia, AOL. DC. Yeah. Home of You've Got Mail. Yes, and AIM. Remember uh, AIM? I remember, I remember AIM. Yeah. I, I might still have an AIM account. Okay. Um, so yeah. here's here's what I did when I was at AIM. I, I made AIM for Windows desktop. I made it what you saw, probably. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was a designer for that team. No, that's really cool. And you are a designer, right? I that's am your, a designer. That's your vocation. You may, I'm sorry. I'm just stuck on AOL. I, I just bought a. Uh, I just bought a uh, old copy of the Oregon Trail for PC. Did you really? And it came with like, a the, disc? Like, the free AOL like disc. A, like yeah. a free like seven hours yeah, or something like that? AOL <laughs> thing. Yeah, I got one of those. I, if you'd, um, Only 90s kids will remember this reference. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So you're a designer. You make uh, what's a designer do in in the software industry? Um. So okay. So I'm a designer in the sense that I mostly do interaction design or user experience design. Okay. So that really means taking anything with a screen, uh-huh. like your phone or a website or or your computer, right? Yeah. And making sure that what you're working on makes sense and doesn't feel like it's broken. Oh, so like, hey, I I, I understand how to do this. Yeah. I know how to do this thing. Yeah, and and um, when you think about like programmers or engineers, um, the designers are almost like the architects when okay. they're building a building and yeah. making sure that like you know nothing falls apart or making sure people know where to go. That's cool. And then the engineers they build it. Okay, and so so you lay it out and then the engineers make it happen. Yes, okay. and when we say lay it out, we have we're very careful about like. Well, where does stuff go? We have to answer all these questions. Like, well, what if people don't know where to go? Like down to or, the pixel. Um, uh, not necessarily down to the pixel. That's where the specialties of like user experience versus a visual designer would be different. Where okay. The visual designer would be down to the pixel, where mm-hmm. they think about like, well, if this is green, are they going to assume that you can click on it or ah, not? Okay. You know, things like that. And a lot of those kinds of decisions go into into making just about any piece of software you use. Sure. Right? Like, here's an example. Like, you would never want to color a button gray. Because no one would think you can click on it. Okay. Because it looks disabled. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, and we have to ask, we have to ask all those questions all the time. And so that's what you do. So you de- you designed uh, you designed part of the AIM platform. You designed all kinds of other things, and now you design all kinds of products. Uh, and you said anything on a screen. Like you ever designed anything for really weird screens, like those tiny little screens on printers, or no, like, not printers. Um, you ever done that, like any any oddly placed screens, I, microwave screens, gas I made station designs screens? for a kiosk in a museum once. That's awesome. What but, museum? Oh, it was it was more like a school project. 
projects, so the kiosk was like at the school. Okay. So, um, it was stuff about like Filipino recipes or something like that. Well, that's awesome. So I, I shot a bunch of like video footage and then I made it look like an interactive. Are you screen. a Filipino chef? Uh, no, my mom is, and she's pretty great at it. Yeah, she's pretty so great. Just, but you're not a chef. No, I, I'm really bad at cooking, actually. If somebody watching hasn't had Filipino food before, like what should, what's, what do they need to try? How do you describe it, or what what do they need to what try? Do you, what what are your go to Filipino? Okay, foods? um, you go with classic uh, chicken or pork adobo, and then there's also uh, lumpia, which is basically um, fried uh, egg rolls. Okay. Or Ooh. egg rolls and spring rolls. Mm. Um, there's also my favorite dish is called kare kare. Right and kare kare is, hmm, how do I describe that? It's it's like peanut, peanut stew, with with oxtail. Mmm, yummy, yummy, or like yummy. peanut curry. And I people would say. who haven't yeah. had oxtail, if you're afraid, don't be afraid. Oxtail is awesome. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's it, great. Oh, it's just beef. Really it's just a different kind of beef. That's yeah, all it is. It's all it is. But yeah. no, it, it's it's peanuts and meat. People eat it. It's yeah. real good. It's actually uh, peanut butter, and huh? like we actually, yeah. my mom puts legitimate like oh. scoops of peanut butter for the peanut curry thing to happen. I feel so yeah. fat and happy right now thinking about this. I love it so much. <laughs> How did we get here? Oh, oh yeah, I made a kiosk happens. thing. No, yeah. you made a kiosk thing about Filipino food. Now we're telling people about delicious food. Don't worry. We, again, <laughs> this welcome to the Stream of Consciousness podcast. I'm your host. Um, but we probably should get around to you telling a story about a pretty good day because that's what this show is about. Sure. I, I, and uh, so what, what are you going to tell us about, Gian? Um, I'm going to tell you about one of the days that I had during my trip to Asia in 2015. 2015? You traveled to Asia? Yes. Had I, you been there before? Oh, well, I was born in the Philippines. I didn't realize you were born in the Philippines. I was, yeah. I didn't know that. Right yeah. in the heart of Manila. Okay. Yeah. I knew your family was Filipino, but I had no idea you were born overseas. Yes, yes. We were actually, all of my family were born overseas or like in the Philippines. And So you immigrated? Yes, we did. Um, I became a citizen in like 2004. Okay. Four or five. Mm-hmm. Uh, we first came to the u.s and moved here in 1997 oh wow okay yeah so, so how old were you at that point i was uh i was just starting high school just so starting high 14 school. 15 why did you yeah. choose to what's your family immigrate um they knew that they they wanted to give us a good education okay and they wanted to make sure that we were going to get into an american college mm-hmm. and so to to do that they were planning to eventually move to a place where we we would get a good American education. Basically. So if you went to an American high school, they felt you had a good chance of getting to an American college, which they thought would be good for your career. Yes, because my, my, my dad worked for uh, uh, the U.S. government, um, and we would go to different countries. Oh, okay. Um, and we would live in different countries and uh, go to international schools. Okay. Um, but even then, you could see that people who go to international schools don't have a full guarantee that they'll get into like an American college. Okay. So I think that's where they saw that they needed to move to America. So it was a strategic decision for the, for their children. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you yeah. and, and my two sisters, my okay. older sister and my younger sister. So the, all three of you there together. And you say you lived, your dad worked for the U S government. So mm-hmm. you worked all over the, or lived all over the place. where you Yeah. Live? Yeah. And, um, let's see, let's start with, I was born in the Philippines. Yeah. Then we moved to Sudan. Okay. Lived wow. there for three years. Yeah. Okay. Um, we moved back to the Philippines for a couple of years, I think, is because my little sister was born. Uh-huh. Um, and then we lived in Pakistan for three years. Wow. El Salvador after that. Oh, my. And then we moved to the U.S. Gion, you have yeah. lived on lots of continents. I have, yeah. Many, many continents. Yeah. It's one I of mean, those cool you... trivia things that I tell people. Wow. So okay, wait. wait okay, so the Sudan, Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay. You lived in Pakistan. That's Asia. Yep. You lived in, uh, where did you say? Uh, oh, El Salvador. El Salvador. So yeah. that's Central America. Central America. So America technically yeah. North America. Okay. Technically, yes. All right. Yeah. Well, not just technically. I mean, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> when I say technically, there's nothing about it. It's, it's north true. of Panama. It's yeah. North America. <laughs> 
I'm silly. Geography with Jared. Wow, uh, yeah, we got we went back there. Yeah, we did. It's, this is it's now a geography geocast. podcast. That's right. Uh, yeah, and then um, uh, Asia. So you've lived on four of our planet seven continents. Uh, yes. Wait, four. Is that right? Africa, Asia, North America, North America, and then Asia twice. Well, no, and it, then Central America. Wait, no. Sudan is is Africa. Africa. Yeah. Yeah, and then Asia for Pakistan. Yeah. Oh, and I counted Asia twice. Yeah, it was Philippines and Pakistan. That was like, oh, it's like the same, Let- but not. Maybe we'll cut this. <laughs> it's okay. But I can see your point. Because well, I'm dumb. Well, here's right. the thing. Asia is really big. Anyway, lots of continents. I don't know how to count. That's All right. right. There we go. Oh, it's my like goodness. Asia and Asia. That's the same. Yeah. It's, it's, well, it's Asia's big. It's like when you were playing Risk. Oh, yeah. You know, and Risk is like. A, Asia's like, the hardest one to control. Yo, nobody can ever control yeah. Asia. It's I like, take Eddie Izzard's tip. You start in Australia, Australasia. And then you have that corner, and yeah. then you build up, build up, build, build up. up, build up. Yep, I right. love that you're like, Eddie's are dressed to kill. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Great if uh, great piece of comedy. It's probably one of my favorite comedy specials ever. What do you like about it? Um, it was, well, I was, uh, I guess, middle school or high schooler when I first saw it. Yeah. Um, it was just really smart. Yeah. You know, and smart, but not afraid to be dumb at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's you know? it, it, He's jumping between squirrels thinking about leaving the gas on at home right. and jokes about ancient druids. Absolutely. And, and the three yeah. little pigs. Like yes. It's amazing. It's quite a piece of comedy. Oh, it's great. It's it's one of my favorites. I, I can watch that over and over again, actually. Me too. I, yeah. Man, I want to go watch it right now and laugh. Laughter sounds good. <laughs> you should watch this. So, back to the stream of consciousness. Once you lived in Asia, as well as other continents, but then, in 2015, you chose to travel That's right. to Asia. Okay, Why were you traveling to Asia in 2015? So, I told you I moved to the U.S. in 19- yeah, so you've lived here a long time. Um, I haven't been back to the Philippines since. Oh, wow. So 2015 was like, I'm going back to the Philippines, and also I'm going to turn this into an amazing Asia trip. Okay, so what makes what constitutes an amazing Asia trip? Uh, you include Japan in there. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so Philippines and Japan. Um, so four countries total. Oh, where else? It was uh, Philippines first, uh-huh. and then I went to Singapore. Uh-huh. Then I went to two places in China. Okay. And then I went to Japan. Wow, two places in China. Where yeah, there? I went to Chengdu and I went to Beijing. Okay, I don't know Chengdu. Where's Chengdu? Chengdu is, I believe, far west. Okay, much more west than Beijing. I could be getting this wrong. So, like, one of the like more mountainous areas out west. Um, or? I I can't point. I couldn't point it in a map, but it was. Yeah. I would be like, it would be more in the middle of China okay. than okay. it would be on like the right coast area. Why'd you choose right. Chengdu? Um, I actually had a friend who is living there. Oh, I still have a friend who's living there. Okay, that's it. And um, it was a great opportunity to see him. It was a friend of mine from high school. And my best day is actually going to be talking about my day in Chengdu. Well, then we'll probably not spoil Chengdu. Yeah, so yeah. you went to Japan, you, you went to you went to Singapore, and yes. you went to China, and you went to the Philippines. Yes, I did. So let's talk about this great day then uh, on this trip to Asia. This is sure. the setup. You're in 2015. You're on a trip or you're going on a trip tell us about uh, what made this day so special in the context of that trip well i think um you know when you go on a cross continent kind of trip you you expect all of the days or at least each country to be as amazing or if not more amazing than the last one before it you know so you have high expectations mm-hmm. um and i was i and i hadn't gone to the japan yet so china was the country i was going to right before japan okay and i was most excited for japan okay you'd, why you'd, were you most excited for japan um, I've always wanted to visit it. it it's like the f- future country city thing. Oh my god, it's the best, by the way. Gian, I, I don't know if you're aware of it, but I, I, I do occasionally kind of like to talk a little about Japan. Yeah, I know. I can I tell like that a little, little bit. <laughs> I love Japan. I love Japan. Tokyo too. Like I don't know if people say like, oh, don't go to Tokyo. Like I love Tokyo. Tokyo. Who says don't go to Tokyo? I just 
I think people think like um, Tokyo is great, but you go to the other places to see the beauty of Japan. You well, know? you do go to the other places to see a different part. You do to see a different beauty. But 30 million Japanese people can't be wrong about Tokyo. It's the city of the future. It, it is. It's legitimately the city of the future. It is the city of the future. Yeah. And the trains run on time. And yeah. it is the city. When you say city of the future, what do you got in mind? It's, okay, this sounds weird, but it's because of all the vending machines that are outside. <laughs> If you okay. it freaks you out a little, doesn't it? It doesn't. It's actually amazing. So <laughs> it's because um, if you could tell me right now, like if I was just in the street, anywhere in the street, pick any highway or road yeah. in the U.S. or something, and the, or in the city, and then you you do the same in Japan, yeah. right? I need to get to some cold liquid right now. I need some fresh, um, some nice refreshing water or yeah. insert drink here. Yeah, you are literally. 10 to 20 steps away from that in Japan. No matter where you are. No matter where you are. You are indeed 10 to 20 steps away from a warm can of soup that you can put in your pocket. That too? Then you can have a pocket full of soup. <laughs> Do you know that's nice. where the name of the show comes from? I heard like one of your yeah. earlier episodes you talked about that. It's about but Japanese I vending it machines. About that. It's about yeah. Japanese. Yeah, I, I've told the story before, but you're not exaggerating. You are 10 to 20 steps from a cold, refreshing liquid no matter where you are. Yep. I, I'm driving. I'm in the just the middle of the mountains, just nowhere. In the middle of the night, it's dark as pitch. I'm completely lost on tiny winding roads in the Japanese Alps, mm-hmm. far from civilization, in little towns of a couple of dozen people. That you know, the, and I'm driving in the middle of nowhere, and there's a rice paddy, this huge field of rice stretching off the road as I turn a corner, and the, the paddy's immense, and there's no light out there except a single concrete platform. About <laughs> Four feet wide with a long, like, 100-foot bridge leading to it. Okay. And there's nothing on the platform in the middle of the field but a vending machine with a light on. It's just sitting there in the middle of a farm. That's incredible. Out in the, It's like, why is – who walks there? I don't know. There were no houses. Apparently, it's there because people have used it before. Somebody so. needs a beverage. Uh, yeah, it's like a beacon of hope in the middle it, of nowhere. It felt like a beacon of hope. <laughs> I, I knew I wasn't going to die when I saw it. <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> so Japan was awesome. What was your favorite thing about Japan? The vending machines that, that stood out? Uh, my favorite thing about Japan, actually, is are the arcades. Oh. And not specifically the, game, the video games, but actually, I'm addicted to um, crane games. Oh, you know, UFO, UFO catcher. Games. Um, in Japan, I don't, so here's the difference between crane, crane games in the U.S. and Japan. Yeah. The U.S. has, like, a bunch of, like, stuffed animals. They're usually, like, yay big. You know, yeah. they're small. And, and, you, and you'll if you're lucky, the, the attendant would have set it so it's heavy enough that the claw will grab it, and then you'll, you'll get your prize, right? Yeah. The UFO machines in Japan, though, usually have one gigantic prize like this. <laughs> and it's on, like, it's on the tip of this, like, little pedestal pole thing. Yeah. And then they're just... They're just egging you on and be like, it's almost, it's almost off. Just, yeah. just, just poke at it. Just poke at just it. You get it. it. And here's the thing: after because I was obsessed with that, like I spent a lot of money doing that. Now I'm actually really good at doing oh. that. Give me like, I know it's a decent amount of money, like ten tries, right? And I will be able to get one of those big prizes off. I came home from Japan with five different gigantic plushies why are you why are you living here you could be making a killing on plushies maybe i mean i feel like it's it would be like a thing in vegas where once they notice that that's the guy that you know is getting all the stuff yeah they're gonna ask you to leave they'll ask you to leave that's how it works it's suddenly japanese yakuza show up and ask you to leave leave the leave the arcade you must leave the arcade because you're getting too many plushies I'm sorry, I got tickled by that. So anyway, after the people chase you away from the vending machine, yes. uh, you know it's great. That you are spending a lot of money when you spend this quick. It ain't quarters. No, usually it's yeah. a dollar per yeah, play, like a dollar yeah. per play, right? Yeah. So, but that's a great thing about a country with one dollar and five dollar coins. Mm-hmm. Like 
man, I would think I was out of money at the end of the month between paychecks in Japan. Okay. And then I would just go through my couch and suddenly I had a hundred bucks. <laughs> it was amazing. I mean, again, like the city of the future or yeah. the country of the future, they don't care about like pennies or whatever. Yeah. Like they just, they start at basically dollars. Yeah. They just hear some money. Yeah. There's some money right it's there. Great. Yeah, it's great. So all this talk about Japan, but my favorite day or the best day that I think I had during my trip was yeah. in Chengdu. All right. Let's so. hear about this day. Sure. Um, I think it was mostly just a culmination of a lot of awesome things happening at once. And I that's why, like, as much as I loved all the different countries, this really stood out to me as, like, if I could pick one day and just relive this one, I would mm-hmm. do this one. Okay, let's um, wow. relive. Yeah, I, I would. Because I also, I miss my friend Chris, and he's halfway across the world, you know? And so um, to see what it's like to to live, like, an everyday, just normal day for him was mm-hmm. really cool. And... Chengdu is an awesome city. Now, had you already arrived in Chengdu when this day began? Did you wake up there? I arrived in Chengdu, I think it was like very, very late at night, like maybe midnight or past midnight, mostly because the customs process takes forever there. And the plane that I was on, like a bunch of people were on that plane. And I don't think I got out of the airport until like maybe three in the morning. So Chengdu is a fairly, fairly good sized place. Uh, yes, it is. Okay. It's 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 very populated. It's a it's a pretty big city. Just it's people don't city. know about it. Okay. You know? Yeah, right. well, um, I don't know about it. I'm sure lots of people know about it. Right, right. Um, and so my my friend Chris picked me up, and it was really late. Uh, I, I guess or early in the morning. I guess like three or four in the morning. So we get back to his place, and he's like, "Are you hungry? You want something to eat?" I was like, "Yeah, I guess so." So we just went outside, and apparently, like three or four in the morning, it's totally okay to. To rummage around, like you know, they have like street carts and like oh, cool little late night spots. So he just awesome. took me to one of his favorite like little eateries where we just get like skewers and stuff, almost like izakaya, but not. Um, What's just, different? Um, usually just the stuff that's on it. And it's just open at four in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, this like, like at a weeknight or? Yeah, it was absolutely a weeknight. It was wow. it was a Thursday into a Friday. Lots of people that. out and about. Uh no. No. Like no one, like basically, people were asleep, but this place was still open. So, like, oh. for the people who were getting ready to sober up and eat and stuff, yeah, this would be the place. And it wasn't, it wasn't even a restaurant. It was just a stall um, with no room to to sit. Okay. And so, what they wow. had was little tiny kid stools that you can just take out and just put on the street. And then we just had a bunch of skewers that they gave us, like. I think they gave us like 10 to 20 different skewers, and it was like, I don't know, five bucks. So you get out of customs, you're sweaty, you're tired, you've been in line a long time, and your first taste of China is literally a taste. Oh, yeah. It was great. And yeah. I was like, okay, we're, we're off to a good start so far. We're off so to far. a good start here, yeah. Yeah, and so... How's Chinese beer? Uh, great. Yeah. Uh, I Honestly, I don't remember it, per se, because I was more focused on the food food. Yeah, like food food. I wasn't okay. drinking a lot uh, yeah. while during the trip, but... Okay. I know that Chengdu has a lot of really spicy foods. Ooh. It's like the home of the spiciest foods, I think, in, in mm. China. You're making me hungry. We haven't eaten yet. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, no, it's okay. I was like, <laughs> no, don't be sorry at all. So you're eating delicious food with your friend Chris. And your friend Chris, tell me about him for a minute. Where's yeah, he from? So he um, he is Chinese. Okay. And he, uh, Chinese American, I uh-huh. should say. Um, he was a friend of mine that I met in high school. Okay. And so that was in Virginia. And we actually were, I met him because I was in a design class with him. It was one of these like offsite programs. You know how yeah. some, some schools say like, hey, if you want to specialize in this, we're going to take you to this school. Okay. You know? And so we want to, I wanted to take a design class. And so I met him in that design class. We went to do two different schools, but that class we took together. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And so that just was the beginning of a really long friendship at this point. Um, and he ended up moving to China um, a few years ago. And I want to see him. And so I was like, hey, I'm making this trip to Asia. Let's go hang out. Okay. And that's what happened. Wow. Yeah. 
what a really cool thing. So that ends. So you decided to go meet him there. Mm-hmm. So you have that. You have that dinner. What did you do then? Uh, well, then we we passed out. We passed right? out. Okay, we went to bed. Went home. And then what was this place like? Um, uh, almost like a typical like American apartment. Like you know, like I don't know, five hundred square feet. You know, like he has a roommate. Like they have cable. They have internet. You know, that's, yeah. It's all life normal. is life. Yeah. Right. They have a bunch of bikes. You know, it's a China's cities usually like a lot of people like to ride bikes. Yeah. Um. The I guess the big difference that I noticed was that there is like the Chinese like wall, the like the internet wall, okay. where if you try to log into Facebook you can't. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and so um, a lot of either um, American people or just you know people who want access to like the real internet, yeah, uh, VPNs are really common in okay. uh, in China. So people just get around it. Yeah, so you just um, VPNs is basically a, another business there. So you okay. log into a VPN and then you can access Facebook. Oh, ah, interesting. Yeah. Okay, everything else is like, I, uh, you can't also access Google. Like, I, so I tried to go, go, do Google Maps, can't do it. Yeah, couldn't do it. Yeah, and so I had to rely on him to take me around. So like, I usually had my phone when I went to all these international countries and I had international data. You know, but when you're in China, no Google girl. Maps didn't work. Oh, oh no wow, girl. that's a fascinating. Yeah. So you had a tour guide. So the next day, what happens? The next day, I assume the pretty good day. A uh, pretty awesome day, and also I could be wrong about like Google working now. Maybe back then it wasn't working, but sure. you know, well, could be wrong. Things change, right? Um, so the next day, uh, I guess still the same day, the first thing we did was um, he's like, "Hey, we're gonna eat a lot of food today. Uh, you want to do like a workout or something first before we do all this? Yeah, because we're gonna eat a lot of food." So you're just I'm working like, out to be like, it's if I burn the calories now, yes. I can justify the gluttony later. Yes. And so the first thing he he suggested we do was we go play basketball. Oh, okay. And it was surprisingly like refreshing. I haven't played basketball in a really long time. Okay. Um, and just to him, he was like, hey, we're going to go to this gym. And it's and no one was awake by then. It was like seven or eight in the morning. So you guys like slept like two hours. Only a few hours. Yeah. Okay. And I guess maybe it was still a little jet lag, so I didn't really mind yeah. too much. I was still excited to be in a new country. So, so. you start your new, you start your time in China playing basketball. Yes, right. and I remember playing basketball with him in. I thought the funny thing was like there were curtains in the gym. Oh, that's interesting. It was like a multi-purpose. I wasn't sure if it was like a church that had a gym next to it or something like that. But I was like, oh, this is an interesting China-looking gym that didn't look like an American gym. Okay. Well, did you ask him about the curtains, what they were for? I he, I think he said they put on shows here sometimes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. That's great. I love that. Um, but it was only us. And so we did drills together and we just played like, you know, 21, if you're aware of that, or horse even. Yeah. And they just reminded me like, oh, yeah, we used to do this in high school all the time. And I probably haven't played like this since like high school. Just like get with a friend, go to a basketball court alone. Yeah, yeah. Hadn't done that. They used to be a legit neighborhood thing. Be like, oh, let's go play basketball after school. And like, I never do that now. And you never do it. And suddenly you're in China doing it. Yes. And that was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. This is cool. Um, I have a friend that I hadn't seen in ages that I that I ended up meeting in a Japanese castle. Whoa! For, yeah, I know. Again, you run into them, America. Yeah, it's it's a long story, but wow. But same kind of thing. We're just like. Now this guy and I are really, really tight again. That's cool. Um, yeah. But it took meeting in Japan to make it. Anyway, please continue. I think that that kind of speaks to the fact that like when you have really good old friends, regardless of the time spent apart, you know, yeah. when you get back together, it's like it's just like old times. And that's what it felt like. But it was in China, so yeah. it was cool. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so so skewers, basketball. Yes. And then it was just a, a kind of just a day of gluttony. We he, <laughs> he took me around he took me around to, you know, eating a bunch of foods um again spicy foods uh, we could <laughs> and also like i couldn't um china is a hard place to actually get away with just speaking english okay it's actually very difficult when i was in beijing by myself 
really difficult to just speak uh, Chinese and get people around. So, or just speak English and mm-hmm. people will understand. They, um, I found it funny that they almost were bothered by you if you you talk to them in English. Mm-hmm. Versus in Japan, they like, oh, we can't speak the same language. Let's try to figure this out. Yeah, so helpful. Not to. You it's know, a I, different approach. Yes. Well, Japanese Japanese and Chinese histories related to English culture and language are vastly different things. Yes, and they have vastly different reasons for those approaches. Yeah, and so. Um, I was. I felt very lucky that my friend Chris basically just showed me around. Mm-hmm. I just shut my mouth and just followed him wherever yeah. he went. Um, I remember eating a lot of really, really spicy peppers. Ooh. With I forget what it's called. Basically, there's a pepper that's in Chengdu that is like the source of the, some of the spiciest Chinese food. Okay. And then I also remember having um, rabbit head, Ooh. which is weird, but it's, apparently it's a normal delicacy there in okay. Chengdu. And so he's like, "Eat this. Don't ask what it is. What's it taste like?" I know it's always a hard question. I wish I remember. I want to say I want to say it was like a combination of like chicken and pork. Did you like it? Oh, it was fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, because it was like deep fried in something. So like, <laughs> to, I'll I'll I, eat a deep fried tire if you ask me. I, to, I don't so. know. When people say that, I, <laughs> I you know I think San Francisco's got a lot of great food, but sometimes people talk about how great the food is here, and I think half of it is just deep fried and that's fair. And, and that, but and I've had deep fried grasshopper and. Did not like it. Oh, I see. Uh, okay. I, I, I don't know. I, people told me I wouldn't tell the difference, but I did. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless. Nonetheless. Well, the rabbit head. Big fan of rabbit. You, I love rabbit. Rabbit's you can delicious. see that the like there is a form of a skull there. So I'm just I didn't know what it was. I was like, there's no ears on the thing, you know. Yeah. And so I'm like, what is that? And so you just kind of pick at it, and he's like, oh, it's a rabbit. Oh, rabbit. Oh, cool. Rabbit meat's good. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. Um, and again, all of it was like around this idea of like very spicy things. So I'm okay. like, and I'm super into that. If you're yeah, not into yeah. spicy foods, yeah, Chengdu is not the place for you. Okay. So. Um, oh, so everybody, everybody eating the spice up. Yes. Um, um, was it what you'd imagined Chinese food to be, or were you like, "Wow, this is a very different, distinct, well, regional take"? I was. On- I'm mostly aware of the fact that Chinese food is different from American Chinese food. Mm-hmm. I love both, and I've been, you know, I've had dinner in Chris's mom's house, yep. like back in Virginia. So I know the differences, or at least I, I'm fine with the differences. Um, I was just very surprised that while we were in China. Um, or in Chengdu, the all of it was about spiciness. Yeah, you know, which is cool. Punch. I was yeah. all about that, so it was great. Um, I, f- I feel like we also had some some ramen at some point, mm. but it was like a Chinese take on ramen, which was really cool. Again, and, spicy. Um, this one wasn't spicy, but it was just a different take on it, and. I just love the fact that he was taking me to all these like dirty alleys where like we'd sit on stools and like I don't know what they're saying, but they're gonna serve me some really awesome food. Mm-hmm. And we did that like three or four times during the day. Just local joints, yeah, that, that he knew. Fantastic stuff. And I couldn't would never be able to do that myself. Were you mostly walking and biking, or uh, there was walking and some biking involved. Okay. Um, there was actually more biking involved into the evening. All right, and that's what I want tr- to transition. Let's into. get there. Um, what he told me about was. Every Friday, there's a group of, I guess, either expats or just Americans or just foreign travelers, right, Mm -hmm. that get together starting at this one cool, like, bike shop, right? It basically looks like a bike shop that you can pull from, like, hipster San Francisco, (laughs) and you stuck it in Chengdu. Okay. Um, I think there's a German owner or, like, a German-American owner and all these fancy bikes and stuff, right? But you can also rent the bikes there. The thing that he does is he starts this nightly or weekly Friday night bicycle ride where you start at the shop, right? And he has a special rig on his bike, either a large basket in the front. I can't remember if it's a basket on the front or a trailer in the back. Okay. With gigantic speakers, right? <laughs> and so it was basically like the start of this bike party that then is just like 
does not give uh, can we curse on this? Uh, of course. But they don't, they don't give a shit about anyone on the streets of Chengdu. We're going to take our giant group of bikers and we're going to go stroll around Chengdu. Do people just like join up? Yeah, some people join up, but mostly it's just when you see a cluster of bikes like that, right? Yeah. You just can't help but let it go. Let it, now, now yeah. my, my question for you here, do people look at this with the speakers? What's playing through the speakers? Um, a lot of different things. A lot of different uh, things. Some hip-hop, some old hip-hop, some some new, um, what I assume is like Asian pop stuff, some electronic music, like a bunch of everything. So according to your friend Chris, now this is mostly expats on the bike. Yes. Is yeah. is the percep- perception of the, the local population from the town that these are the annoying loud expats on their bikes i don't know or is the perception (laughs) that this is really cool or is the perception that i'm not sure what the reputation is i just know that the locals there must know that it happens every week every friday so they either are okay with it or they think like oh yeah they're those stupid international people again who knows i I, i'm really intrigued by that because that could go i like if i saw an enormous number of 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 um of people from foreign countries riding down the streets right. of my neighborhood with with uh with speakers blaring every friday night i would think that was awesome yeah like, I, I that think would it was be amazing awesome. i can see how some locals would think it was like, uh, stop uh, this yeah, now please kind of like um you know the the mario kart uh, thing in japan oh yeah yeah it was the touristy about. thing yeah and, and that almost got shut down but apparently it's still around and like i wonder what local city people think about that we're like oh here's a bunch of well, foreigners and i'm sure everybody thinks a different way about a different thing too yeah. of course every person's got a different perspective but yeah i don't know but anyway it's amazing it's a bike with big speakers on it yes you're pretty much it's friday night you are giant expat et cosplay <laughs> recreation so, crowd it's just the thing the thing i like the most about that is, is Riding a bike in an unknown city is very scary. Okay. You don't know where to go. If you're riding by yourself, you don't. You might not know what the, the rules of the road are, you know? Mm-hmm. But when there's such a big cluster of bikes, there's a lot of comfort in... Like, I haven't ridden a bike that long in, in a while. And yeah. so, um, just knowing that there's a group of people basically guarding me from what could be the dangers of riding around a big city in China was really comfortable. You know? It's like, hey, guys, I, I, I know a lot of people. I know I'm not off the path. I know I'm not lost. Yep, yep, All exactly. Right. Just follow the thing. And then I basically got to have a two-hour-long bicycle tour of all of Chengdu. Oh, wow. We went everywhere. and it's Chengdu With musical was, accompaniment. Yes, exactly. It was phenomenal. What was the coolest thing you saw? Um, I remember we cut through um, a college, which... In a way, it looked very similar to just like the college that I went to, like mm-hmm. you know, small. It looked like a small town in the middle of the city, which was interesting. But I really mostly enjoyed the fact that all of this was happening, and I got to just witness all the tall buildings with like the with the parks. And then we stopped at this what looked like I guess a metro stop or like a you know um, uh, a public bus station or something. Mm-hmm. And this was like the classic stop of like, okay, we're halfway we're halfway done. Yeah, we're gonna have a bunch of beers. Okay. And we're going to keep going. All right. And that, that was mostly, like, aside from the sights that I like to see, that moment of just getting to know the people now that I've been riding with for yeah. an hour was really cool because cool. now you're bonding with them over beers. And it's like, are you guys ready to, to do another leg? And they're like, yeah, let's do And that. they're from all over the world. Yeah, they are. Oh, wow. Some of them are working in Chengdu. Some of them are only there for, like, the weekend. Yeah. I was only there for, like, 48 hours. So... Um, yeah, it's like all walks of life. Um, some locals even, you know, yeah. um, but like some Chris, locals, obviously there's a local right. there. Um, it was great. It was wow. one of the best rides I've ever done. What in an my interesting, life. is that the end of the day? Was that the, no, it's not. No. Oh, what happened next? There is more. And that's why I think this out of all the t- yeah. days I've spent in Japan and even the Philippines, 
Like, this one's the one that tops them all because there's so many things happening. This is already a pretty good day. So the bike ride ends. We go back to the shop. Yeah. Right? And we're getting to know these people. And truthfully, the sucky part is I don't remember any of their names anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, because, like, I just met them for the one day. For the one day. But it was cool. They were really nice people. Some from Germany. I think someone was, like, working out of uh, Texas. Someone was in college. Okay. You know, um, all walks of life. And they're like, you know what? We're having such a good time. Let's let's not let's keep the party going. Okay. So they decide we decide to take our bikes and then go to basically go clubbing in Chengdu, and clubbing in Chengdu is a different kind of clubbing. How okay? Well, as I'm sure you are aware, Guiana, I am a I'm a master clubber. <laughs> uh, you have seen me in the club. Sure. Uh, yeah. You've seen me get down in the club. In the club. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Indeed, that's me. Uh, <laughs> So I'm well acquainted with the ways of clubbing culture. But please, for those who are less acquainted, uh, show how or demonstrate how clubbing in Chengdu is a different thing. I think um, it was only different really in one very specific way. Okay. But I'll I'll save that for for a few minutes from now. But okay. All right. The um, the the clubbing culture I think in Chengdu is is mostly around the fact that like it's the time where the locals get to party with the foreigners, you know? Oh, okay. So a lot Is that what the club you were at was like? Like it was very yeah, international. Like a whole a whole bunch of international folks coupled with a whole bunch of local folks, right? Okay. Um it, it and depends obviously in the club that you go to. We went to a few. But the one that we went to, and I can't remember the name of it, but I remember everything stopped while we were there. We were there for about an hour, but in the middle of it, everything stopped. And they're like, make way for blah blah blah. And everyone was like, What's happening? What's happening? And then um there was a tiny stage, and there was basically what looked like a like a like a prince in like mask and like royal garb and stuff, right? Like walk to the stage. Okay. And then what I found out was that there's a there's a regional or Chengdu specific um, dance that is called like the mask changing that dance. And so, do you know how like magicians do like quick change? Yeah. You know how like they put a curtain up and then they're like, oh, a different outfit. Yeah. The Chengdu thing or the China thing is is um, changing masks. So he's he's doing all these dances and then like he's doing it to like pop music too. It was, okay. it was weird. It was but like, his face keeps changing. Yes, but like but it's so fast that it looks magical. Where it's not just like Whoa. oh you see it changing to a different mask. It's literally like he'll turn his face at you and then it went from blue to like green and like oh and it happens like thirty different times. And I was like, how are there thirty masks under Sorcery. there? Sorcery. <laughs> It was incredible. That's awesome. And I happened to have like a front row seat or a front row like standing room like in front of the guy. Yeah, that's I was really mesmerized. Cool. So you saw the Chengdu mask change guy. That that seems better than most clubs I've been to. I would say so. Most yeah, clubs I, mean, I like, went to was just really, really loud, annoying music. Yeah, that. some uns uns, but this was like, okay, we're gonna stop the uns uns, okay, and we're gonna watch this guy change masks, and then like back to uns uns. Yes, and then back to it was that. It was great. Um, <laughs> we went to a few other clubs back then. You know, we we're drinking, getting sloppy and whatnot, but. Really, um, seeing what uh, I guess local culture is like, and just the diff- the slight differences yeah. was really the things I, I appreciated the most. Um, what was the most beautiful thing you saw that day? Beautiful thing. Um, I, I want to say it's mostly the tour of the bikes. When I you can see the transition from going to a, a park into like gigantic buildings. Yeah, and I think I just, I love exploring cities. And I love it when like a a, a, a skyscraper is like just towering over me, mm-hmm. you know. And that's one of those cool things. I just I never get over that. I think you, it's really cool. You should talk with Altano about that. Oh yeah. Uh, sometime he he said something similar on the show once. You oh, interesting. Talk about that. You yeah, know, yeah, I will. That, that I'll, next time I see him in the office. Yeah, ask him. About yeah, it. yeah. Cool. Um, I'm trying to remember how the night ended. 
Um, oh, well, yeah, you had been at the club for a while. Oh, you're excited. No, yes, I do remember how the night ended. We played poker. You ended the day with poker. Yes. Okay, so from skewers to nap to basketball. Yes. From basketball to spicy food to stall to stall to stall to bike shop with speakers and giant parade through the city to club with magic guy <laughs> yeah. to poker. Yeah. This is a random day. I'm realizing there's a lot of stuff happening here. There's a small chance that I might have mashed 48 hours together, Here's the but f- I can't remember for, for, no, for the, for the life of No, that's how memory works, and that's how <laughs> stories work, and it's okay. Just yeah. keep telling the story. And so I do remember like bef- um, playing poker with him and his friends because he says, hey, we're playing po- they're, they're playing poker somewhere. You want to go join us? And I was like, okay, great. I haven't played poker in a while, but that sounds fun. Uh-oh. You're the guy that hadn't played poker in a while. Oh, no, no. It, yeah. it was all good and fun. It was just more of like, hey, I want you to see this place I normally hang out in. Yeah. Right? Um, and they usually have a poker night there. Or they just play poker on a regular basis. But um, it's called Dave's Oasis. Right? Okay. And it basically kind of felt like this weird mashup between like Cheers and Central Perk. And friends. <laughs> But Did a, it have the same kind of synthetic vibe? No, no, it's just more of a, but it's much dirtier than that. Okay, but in the sense of like, there's couches here. I want to go there. Like, the, usually a bar doesn't have couches, right? You know? But like, there's couches here, but there's a bar in the back. I'm a big fan. And of And then there's a poker couches. table right next to the couch. Okay. You know, so this weird like, vibe, it's cool vibe. Yeah. You know, and kind of a club club barry vibe. So you went and played poker. Yes, I played poker. Did um, you win or lose? Uh, I think I broke even, oh, which I'm night. okay with. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the cool part about that. Dave's Oasis thing, right? Is that that was a a regular spot for Chris. But as I've caught up with him recently in 2017, he now runs that bar. And he, he bought the bar? I don't I don't know if he bought the bar or, or he, he inherited that. the bar, but basically the owner of that bar says, "I can't do this anymore. I'm too tired for this. I'm going to go to Beijing." Um and so some but people were like, "Well, where are we going to hang out at now, right?" And so Chris took it upon himself to either partner up with him or find a situation where he can run the bar. That's awesome. And now that's his bar. This is a good day. Yeah. This is a re- this is a pretty good day, right? It was there. pretty that's cool. Really I really did enjoy it. And again, like you know, that was just one day out of the many countries I got to visit. But that's a great day. So that yeah. so it ended with poker, and then you went back and went to sleep finally after being having been awake. That's for... what I remember. And I was, again, I was yeah. only there for forty eight hours, so now all these events could have mashed up into one weird thing. Yeah, you remember yeah. the story. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I, I where are you gonna go next? Where am I where's gonna your, go where's next? Where's your next journey? Oh, journey. Hmm. Yeah. Where where do you want to explore next? I haven't where do you thought want to have another about pretty that good very day? much. Um well I was actually just listening to an episode of yours with Alana talking about Alaska. Yeah. I think I want to go see the Northern Lights. That sounds pretty cool. Oh, so you think you're gonna go to Alaska? I could. I don't know if I see myself being an Alaska type, but if it means getting to see the Northern Lights, that sounds yeah. pretty okay to well, me. You can do Canada too. Yeah, and I also want to visit Asia again. Um, Korea. Got, you, yeah, I think is, you go to Asia and see the Northern Lights too for that. Matter. Really? Well, sure. I mean, why not? Oh, yeah, I guess so. I haven't, haven't even thought about There's, it that They way. still live in North. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> go to Siberia. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, I've been wanting to visit Seoul actually for a long time. And so if I go to Asia again, that'll be one of my other destinations. Awesome. I hope you have a wonderful time there. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thanks. It means a lot to me. Gion, uh, folks want to find you. Where do they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Okay. It's at Guianorama. So that's G I A N O R A M A. Guianorama. G I A N. You know, it sounds like it ought to be a Gwen Stefani song. Guianorama. <laughs> that sounds about right. It's a Gwen, it's a, if, if they still made albums, it would be an album. You know what's funny? I think Guianorama came from uh, Xbox Live suggesting a name for me because <laughs> I, just, I just typed Guian, right? G I A N. 
And I was like, I just don't want to think of a name. Just give me a name. And then like one of the suggestions was Ganarama. I'm like, I'll take that. I like Ganarama so a that, lot. I'm also the, that on Xbox, apparently. So yeah. Dude, thank you so much for sharing your story. I Thanks really for having me, man. Yeah. I, it means a lot. Folks, thank you for watching and listening. We also want to thank our Patreon producers, Nick Ray and Robert Nieder, whose generous support makes the show possible. As long as everybody else, or as well as everybody else, pardon me, who reaches out, you can reach us at mail at pocketsfullsoup.com. With mail, that's mail at pocketsfullsoup.com. Join the Pockets Full of Soup Facebook group, at all, etc. And keep your eyes open for everything else we've got going on. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. <laughs>